0: You're listening to SBS News.
1: For much of 2021, experts were already discussing whether inflationary pressures which had started to build were temporary or more permanent, as the global economy reopened following years of restrictions. What they didn't count on as the new year began was Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It sent food prices through the roof, namely wheat, which hit a record high. Together, both countries supply about a quarter of the world's wheat. The other impact was on energy. Oil prices surged, exacerbated by OPEC's move to restrict supply. In Australia, it flowed through to higher petrol prices, which hit a record in April. While they've both eased from their peaks as global growth stalls, what persists is an energy crisis, particularly in Europe. Marja Bin Zaman, the head of foreign exchange at ANZ, says Europe imports 90% of the gas it consumes, with Russia providing 45% of those imports.
0: The subsequent disruptions to gas supply have sent gas prices soaring, forced Europe to look elsewhere for its energy. Despite this, you know, power markets were already under pressure, following strong demand, uh, you know, over the past few winters. So, you know, things were already looking pretty difficult in Europe. Now, Europe has managed to secure sufficient imports for LNG for the coming winter. However, a medium-term solution um, to move away from Russian energy dependency still remains unsolved. So we expect some sort of volatility to continue in that space.
1: The combination of rising food, energy and petrol prices contributed to booming inflation around the world. In Australia, it surged to its highest since 1990 at an annual rate of 7.3%. A strong domestic economy saw the unemployment rate fall to a 48-year low of 3.4%. Still, Shane Oliver... Chief Economist at AMP Capital says it hit consumers pretty hard because wages growth failed to keep up with inflation.
2: Look, I think the good news for the year ahead is that inflation uh, will have peaked. Uh, We think it's actually peaking this quarter and the, the the last spurt higher is mainly driven by higher energy prices. But as we go through next year, we're gonna see more evidence that inflationary pressures will start to abate. We're already seeing that, for example, in the US. Uh, we're seeing supply imbalances start to return to normal. Uh, we're seeing lower costs for transport. Uh, demand is starting to slow. All of those things will lead to a sharp fall in inflation over the next 12 months. At the same time, that the still strong jobs market will push wages growth up a little bit higher. So I reckon by the end of 2023, you're going to see a sharp narrowing in the gap between inflation and wages. And there is some chance that wages growth may have even pushed up slightly above the rate of
1: inflation. That should be good news for borrowers who've had to bear the brunt of the Reserve Bank's strategy of combating rising consumer prices by lifting official interest rates from an emergency rate of 0.1% in May to 3.1% in December. That's the fastest rate of interest rate rises in decades, unwinding 10 years of declines in just eight months. As banks passed those rates onto their customers, mortgage repayments on variable rates soared and it restricted the amount home buyers could borrow by as much as 27%. That in turn saw property prices pull back from record levels. Shane Oliver warns there'll be further declines ahead.
2: And there's probably more pain to come, unfortunately, because we're yet to see the impact of the mortgage rate cliff. And that is will that will that will occur when those people who fortunately locked in at two percent or so mortgage rates a year or two ago are now going to find when they roll over when their term expires they'll roll over to something like five or six percent, and that unfortunately may result in a bit of forced selling and more downwards pressure on property
1: prices. There was also downward pressure on the Australian dollar in 2022. It traded as high as 75 U.S. cents earlier in the year and as low as 62. That's a 22% range, more than the average over the past 30 years. While the world flocked to the US dollar as interest rates there rose, China's COVID restrictions for much of the year slowed its economy. Marja Benzeman says that went on to reduce demand for commodities and iron ore, which is linked to the Australian dollar.
0: But the Aussie has rebounded from a low of 62 to 67 going forward. We think that the Aussie dollar will appreciate Um, dollar dominance team has reduced, um, global risks are waning, and the best part, news of China reopening will be supportive. So domestically, momentum is solid. We've got a strong labour market, strong consumption levels. We expect the Aussie dollar to appreciate to 70 next year.
1: That, however, may be little comfort for travellers wanting to go overseas in the new year, with international flight prices currently sitting at 15-year highs.